What do black holes, memory wipes, and illegal tech have in common? Turns out, actually quite a lot. All this and more coming up on this episode of Lasers and Lockets podcast, the show all about strong and complex female characters in science fiction and fantasy entertainment. This is episode 36. To the theme! Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Lee, and I am so excited to dive into tonight's episode. But tonight, not so excited that I can't give you a little nerdy news you can use to impress your coworkers around the water cooler, much how I like to recap Young and the Restless every morning with my coworkers. It's very impressive stuff, I tell you. I mean, who is going to keep them updated on Genoa City, Mariah and Tessa, Kyle and Lola, and... Uh, this is not a soap opera podcast. My apologies. To the news! News. With DC's Birds of Prey now in theaters, Sci-Fi Wire released an excellent guide to help you get your kick-ass female superhero binge on. I'll leave the link to the article in the show notes. Now, we all know that Pixar is impeccably talented when it comes to attention to detail, and Disney Plus released a super awesome video on their Twitter account pointing out all of the fun Easter eggs, yep, those awesome nerdy hidden things, in the Pixar films for the studio's anniversary. If you haven't seen the video yet, check out the link in the show notes. You will not be disappointed. I had only noticed a couple of them before I saw that video, and now I'm going to keep looking for them anytime I see a Pixar film. Lastly, if you're new to this podcast, welcome to the Lasers and Lockets family. I am super glad you're here. If you are liking what you hear, please take a moment to follow us on Twitter at Lasers Lockets. Subscribe from your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere you want to find us. And share the show with your nerdy friends, because there is nothing better than a community of awesomely nerdy people doing awesomely nerdy things. Don't you agree? If you're loving the show, please don't forget to toss us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to the show. It really helps us grow. And that randomly rhymed. (laughs) Thanks so much. On with the show. Tonight's episode is all about the short-lived sci-fi series Dark Matter. While not as short-lived as Firefly, it only lasted three seasons from 2015 to 2017. That is a, uh, a pretty good run by today's standards where things sometimes get cancelled in the mid-first season. But I believe it was cancelled way too soon and hopefully that this episode will also kind of convince you of that too. Like the way your favorite Vietnamese restaurant is open one day and then you show up less than a week later and it's just gone. Gone. And you miss your pho. (sighs) Anyway, the series follows the adventures of the crew of the Raza, a group of notoriously brutal mercenaries on a relatively powerful and fast ship. We're introduced to the crew when their stasis pods, used to mitigate the physiological effects of long space travel, fail spectacularly, and they wake up one by one with no memory of who they were before stasis or where they were headed. 
In order to keep track of who they are, the crew decides to name themselves based on the order in which they come out of stasis. One, three, four, and six are the men of the Raza. Two and five are the women. Two assumes command of the ship, and others appear to be okay with it. They wake their android, who, once she stops trying to annihilate them all, (laughs) becomes part of their quest to figure out who they are and why everyone in the dang universe is trying to kill them. All the time. Dark Matter at its core is a series that really explores the questions, are you born evil or made evil? If you're given a second chance at life, what would you do with it? The series is witty, gritty, and full of heart. Tonight, I want to dive into discussing 2, 5, and the android, because these leading ladies will steal your heart too, while also possibly kicking your butt and regaling you with five different accents at the same time. I'll leave a link to a YouTube clip that shows that android scene uh, in the show notes. It will likely make you laugh. I try not to laugh, and then I always end up laughing anyway, because Zoe Palmer is legit brilliant in that scene. Let's first explore the android, since we're already speaking about her. Android is played by Zoe Palmer, as I mentioned. You may be familiar with her from the Lost Girl fame, in which she played the feisty and determined Dr. Lauren Lewis. You may also recognize her from the famous Jolene role on Winona Earp. Zoe is exceedingly talented and pretty much amazing at any role she plays, and playing the android is absolutely no different. Her comedic timing is unrivaled, but so is her heart-wrenching dramatic acting too. The android on this series is unique from a lot of different ship's androids that we've seen in this series and others. We discover that she was given an illegal emotional subroutine upgrade by two before they all went into stasis, which um, actually you learn a little bit more about in season three, but I'll just leave that there for you as a little tidbit. Um, Anyway, it makes her a little bit more human-like, and I believe her role in the series is such a fascinating one because on top of being comedic relief often, she is the one who really explores what it means to be human. It's fitting, considering her crew is also trying to remember what it means to be human too, and what kind of humans they actually want to be. Android also raises an interesting question about robots in the future. We as humans are bound to anthropomorphize objects by nature, Um, That means give human characteristics to things that aren't actually human. And if we make robots more human-like, we are bound to do the same thing with them, which makes them maybe more dangerous in a way because they don't think like us. Or do they? Perhaps that might just throw us down the Battlestar Galactica route in which, spoiler alert, We're all just descendants of Cylons anyway, so maybe there's no such thing as human or robot. But I digress. As Android explores her humanity, she learns a lot of really incredibly interesting things about her emotions and the new neural pathways that get built and the connections that she makes. One of which 
is that her efficiency is diminished and she begins to make errors like humans do. Initially, she's afraid of what the crew will think. But when she tells the crew about it, they decide not to reset her because they like who she is just the way that she is. And she finds this comforting. And I think it's also something that's super comforting for us as humans too, that just because we may have flaws or character flaws, if you will, or even emotional flaws, people will love us anyway for exactly who and and what we are. So that's definitely something comforting. Android develops a fondness for the crew, and she will stop at nothing to protect them. Much like Rami from Andromeda, she is a ship, but she's also so much more than that. The crew is also very fond of her, and they've risked their lives several times to save her. I shared one of my favorite Android quotes on our Instagram stories last week. Side note, if you're not following our Instagram, please take a minute to do so. It's new and I'm learning all the ins and outs of how to do it and it's a lot of fun. I'm trying to post some fun quotes from uh, the TV shows that I'm watching and the books that I'm reading throughout the week. So uh, you can find our handle in the show notes, but it's just laser at lasers and lockets. Uh, but I'll leave that in the show notes. Anyway, the quote was, the secret ingredient is basil and love, but mostly basil. Zoe delivered it in the most perfect deadpan classic Android voice. It'll crack you right up when you see it in the series. Let's go along and start discussing Five. We discover her real name is Emily Colburn, but she still decides to go by Five for the vast duration of the series. Five is played by a relatively young Canadian actress, Jodelle Ferland. Fairland? Fairland, sorry. She was in her early 20s, I believe, when the series ran. She's not unknown in the Canadian acting scene, though. She's been acting since she was a small child, and her filmography is vast. Also, she is a bona fide nerd in real life. You should follow her Instagram uh, for some excellent nerdy goodness. Five is really the conscience and the heart of the Raza. A stowaway who hitched a ride with the ruthless crew before their stasis incident, Five becomes a victim of the accident as well, but somehow ends up with everyone's memories inside her head. So she sees glimpses of who each and every one of them really was before the accident. Five believes, though, that your past doesn't have to be your future. And she strongly believes that people can change. From the minute they all come out of stasis, Five is the one who's encouraging everyone to do the right thing. Five is incredibly intelligent and a super whiz with technology. She often reminds me of Claudia from Warehouse 13. They state in the series that she's about 16 years of age in season two. So she's still a teenager, but by the end of the series, she has matured quickly. There's a point in season two where she ends up having to kill someone And she has to deal with the emotional fallout from that. And I think that matured her rather quickly. 
but she also finds out a lot more about her past in season three, and that continues to mature her as well, I, I think. We'll discuss this a little bit more later on in the episode, but Five's friendship with Two is one of my favorite in the whole series. She seeks out Two's advice on many occasions, and Two has such a respect for her. There's a scene in season three where Six thinks that Five is trapped on a space station alone, and he goes all macho protector on her and tries to convince Two to go back and get her. Two says, don't do that. Don't make her a damsel in distress. She's a hell of a lot more. It was such a perfect line. Five is often the Raza's secret weapon. People don't expect a 16-year-old girl to be able to handle tough situations, but Five proves time and time again that she can think outside the box, and she rescues their butts more than once. Because people are constantly underestimating her, she's able to get the upper hand on them pretty much all the time. She's also incredibly good at fitting in tight spaces, and her technological skills rival the android on the ship. I really like the way to, um, this is kind of an interesting side note, but maybe not so interesting, I'm not sure, but uh, I love the way that Five wears bright colors and she has green hair and, and it just sort of makes her, her blue eyes pop. I think this is one thing that the series does so well is the, the feel and the emotion is also, it, it's reflected in the way that they dress each of the characters. And I think that the way that Five dresses and her hair and everything, it speaks to her optimistic attitude and innocence. A fact that all of the crew members try to protect with her, all the way up until she kills that person who's trying to kill too, and even beyond that. They don't want her to become tainted by their past or tangled up in their messes, but she proves time and time again to be as much a part of the crew as anyone else. And I think that's such an important thing for her and also for the crew because she's never really belonged anywhere in the past and she was always afraid to let people in until the crew of the Raza shows her that she has a place with them and she belongs. But also they realize that they're not really all that bad. Uh, now that they know who they were in the past and who they can be in the future, they get a second chance and Five gives them that opportunity to be better people time and time again. Lastly, let's explore Two. Two's real name is Portia Lynn or Rebecca, but like Five, she chooses to go by Two for the duration of the series. Two is played by Melissa O'Neill, a Canadian actress and singer from my home city, actually. And one of my favorite facts about her is that she won the third season of Canadian Idol. Yes, like American Idol, but Canadian Idol. Her first single, Alive, was huge in Canada. I still love it to this day, and it's legitimately on my favorites playlist on iTunes when I need a little pick-me-up. You can catch Melissa on the ABC show The Rookie now, uh, opposite Nathan Fillion, which I think is super awesome because she is killer at action things, but also at a lot of really good emotional scenes too. So it's a, it's a great role for her. Two is the most kick-butt gal in the crew. 
She is also one of the most complex characters on the whole series. And I think of all the characters, she proves that the vast majority of people are basically good. And it's our circumstances and experiences that can change who we really are. You find out from very early on in the series that two is considered illegal technology. She is actually a genetically engineered person who has a network of tiny robots called nanites that regulate everything to do with her body and keep her functioning in tip-top shape. Basically, she's engineered to be a near-perfect human specimen with superhuman strength. Rebecca, as she was known then, was abused, tortured, and pushed to her physical limits and emotional limits before she cracks and escapes from Dwarf Star Technologies, the company that created her. Two struggles a lot with figuring out whether she's really a person. She questions, after she finds out about her origins, whether or not her thoughts are even her own. She was, after all, designed in a lab. I see some really interesting parallels between her and Ava on Legends of Tomorrow. Both have struggled with believing that they're not even real. And I love the approach that Dark Matter took with Two. While she may be considered illegal technology, and technology at that, you can really see her come into her own throughout the series and realize that she is an independent person who thinks for herself and feels things deeply. And I am so sad we didn't get to explore that more beyond season three. I can tell there was so, so much more to explore with her. One thing that I love about Two is that almost immediately after she finds out who she was in the past, she decides that she wants nothing to do with who she was, and she wants to be a better person. In season three, she says to Nyx, a temporary member of the crew, that being good is so much harder than being bad. And I think that was such an important and poignant theme in the series. I also love what Nyx said back to her, though. She said, just because you failed doesn't mean that it wasn't right to try. And I think that that is such an important thing for us to remember also as humans, is that we're going to fail at things that we try, but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't still try. I mean, failure is how you learn and grow, and failure is proof that you're still living and trying to be a better person. Portia Lynn, who too was before the memory wipe, was cold and ruthless and ruled the ship with an iron fist to compensate for her lack of confidence and insecurity. Remember, she had all those memories of where she came from and who she was, which is not really a great thing. Two, after the wipe, though, commands with compassion and confidence, love and loyalty, and that makes her, in my opinion, so much stronger than whoever Portia was. Four says something similar to her before he leaves the ship, and he says that he doesn't ever want to see her become the person that she was before. I think it's easy for us to love and root for two as a viewer, because the glimpses that we get of what happened to her in her past 
and how hard she has tried to change in the, in the present and hopefully in the future and become a better person is something that's inspiring to anyone. And also, she's just awesome as far as martial arts and humor, and she just is the complete package. So she's a really interesting character to watch. I mentioned this before, but two is such a great mentor for five. And I also think that she seeks out five as a moral compass in a way, since hers is sometimes suspect. I think that they have this really powerful sisterly bond throughout the series. And again, I wish it could have been explored so much more as the series carried on, because that is something that I love in sci-fi series and just pretty much in any series is when two women come together and there's no cattiness and there is something that develops between them, a friendship, a sisterly bond that you know that they're going to have each other's backs. And two is the one that really looks out for five after five has to kill that person. And she tries to help her feel better about um, what is going to be happening with with her emotions and the way that she feels after that situation. And two really tries to look out for her. Of all the characters, two is one who doesn't baby five. She doesn't try to overly protect her. um, And she tries to make her understand that there are certain things that are going to happen in their lives just because of the nature of what's going on in their universe. And she wants five to be prepared, not scared. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. Overall, Dark Matter was an awesome series that sadly ended on a brutal cliffhanger and was canceled by sci-fi. Luckily, Joseph Malozzi, you might recognize his name from Stargate, uh, he tried to provide fans with some idea of the direction he was going to go with the series. They had a clear five-season plan, but unfortunately, Sci-Fi pulled the plug on it. I still secretly hope that another network picks it up, kind of like how The Expanse was canceled by Sci-Fi and then picked up by Amazon. I don't know. I have hopes. But it seems a little unlikely after three years. At any rate, if you get an opportunity to watch the series, it is currently streaming on uh, the full series on Netflix USA. Do it. I don't think you'll regret it, and I think you'll really, really enjoy it. That brings us to the question of the episode, gentle listeners. What sci-fi series or fantasy series was canceled too soon, in your opinion? I cannot wait to hear your answers. Tweet them to us at Lasers Lockets and use the hashtag LLQOE so that we can see your answers. I'll leave that hashtag in the show notes and then I'll also use it when I tweet about the episode too so you have it. Or you can join us uh, on our discussion over on our Discord server. The link will be in the show notes. And that's it for this episode of Lasers and Lockets. We'll catch you back here in a couple of weeks. Until then, if you find a mysteriously attractive disassembled entertainment android in your ship's cargo hold, and you have no memory of how it got there, maybe space that thing before it tries to wipe out your entire crew like a headless horse robot. Get your nerd on 
and be awesome. All right. All right.